Water Community Church. They uh, started supporting us in early 2020. Thank God, brother. When we look at 2020, one of the good things we've been supported by this church, you know. Sometimes when you think about 2020, this, you're not trying to find out something, you know, encouraging. But we see it. <laughs> so thank God for, for Living Water Church. And um, my wife, she was with me uh, yesterday. And um, she is, uh, uh, have, she does probably in the ministry more than I do. Uh, God has, is, is using her, especially after COVID. Uh, she leads ladies' uh, Bible studies on Zoom. She has a room that has uh, 202 so far. <laughs> they keep on growing, 202 ladies. That um, She's with them four times a week. Uh, five of these ladies, they came to know the Lord through the Zoom meeting. So we praise God for that. Uh, she, also, she also does a podcast. Um, uh, encouraging uh, messages in the Arabic language. Uh, and also she does ESL and all that on online. So she has a, a full schedule. And uh, today they have something with the ladies. So unfortunately she's not with me, but I thank the Lord for her ministry. Uh, before we go into the word and, uh, and uh, pray um, and uh, read and start the message, um, I just also want to thank the family of Living Water Church for um, standing with us during our annual church conference. Uh, <clears throat> God, God saved me when I was uh, studying engineering in college, and God shifted my, my, uh, all my plans uh, from that secular, which is a good field. I thank the Lord for engineers. But to me, I felt the calling. I could not continue. God shifted me from that field into uh, the ministry. And after that, I went to, be, I went to uh, the Middle East for nine years of, of mission. Came back to the state to plant Arabic-speaking churches in America. And we planted four churches. And as a matter of fact, um, Living Water Church was uh, a part of our church plant in Harrisburg. We met here for I don't know how many months. It was downstairs. So we thank the Lord for the friendship of Pastor Mike and the welcoming of the family of uh, Living Water. Um, but we saw that there is a need to go beyond uh, the four walls in the ministry. And uh, we start having our uh, conference, our Arabic church conference. And uh, the church conference would have people, Arabic-speaking people, come from all over the states. We'd have something anywhere between 200 to 300 people. We usually have it um, in a hotel. And um, the last few years, uh, we would have also a satellite TV station that would come and stream live our conference. Now, this year, because of COVID, we were not able to, have, to rent a hotel, as you know. But yet, my heart was burdened to do that conference. So the Lord helped us, and Living Water Church did help us in doing that. We started building a studio to record, and we were able to record the messages. And on, uh, on Labor Day weekend, we had uh, eight messages with four different uh, gospel uh, singers. As a matter of fact, uh, I did send the letter. I don't know if anyone have seen it. I have still just a few of them. If, if anyone cared to know more about this uh, after the service, this is our last prayer letter. It shows about the different speakers. Some of them recorded from Egypt. Some of them recorded from Washington. I recorded from York, from our studio. Some recorded from Israel, the gospel singer, and Ohio, and, and so forth. But it was beautiful because it was streamed live on Al-Karma TV, and millions of people got to hear the gospel message. So we were so humbled and so blessed to see that God did not limit us, even in these hard times to take the gospel message to the needy people. So please continue to pray for us because now we're in the process of finishing that studio. And uh, Lord willing, we hope that in the new year, we'll be able to start produce Arabic Christian program from a studio here in York. And we'll take it to these satellite TVs and God knows 
how many people will hear it around the globe. With all this to say, this is what we believe the mission that God called us to. And you supporting our mission, you're part of that. And I believe today or this weekend is a focus on mission. And I pray to God that each one of us will have part in this mission. Amen? And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. If uh, you have your Bible, please turn with me to uh, the, uh, book, uh, the, the book, the Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles. And uh, the scripture is found in verses 17 through verse 24. Acts verse 17 through 24. And um, would you mind just let us stand at the reading of God's word. We want to welcome all of our friends that are with us uh, through uh, the uh, streaming. Uh, we pray that God will use this message to be a blessing to your heart as well. Chapter 20, and verse 17 through 24. Acts chapter 20, verse 17 through 24. <clears throat> and from my latest, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, from the first day that I came into Asia... After what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears, and temptation which befell me by the lion in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befell me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bounds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your servant Paul, for his calling, for his mission journey. And we thank you for this word that, inspired by the Holy Spirit, has given your church a charge to continue doing the ministry. Dear Lord, we come before you this morning, needy people. Oh Lord, how much we need you. We confess without you, we could do nothing. And Lord Jesus, would you come and bless your people this morning? Lord, help this and worthy servant, Lord. Lord, my heart desire is to give you and you alone all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Please be seated. Please be seated. It's one of the most beautiful passages of the Word of God. One of the passages that God has was, I'm, I'm looking and I'm looking actually. Is, is, is Richie and Tabitha here by any chance? Maybe they are. You know, with this mask, you're not able to figure out who, you know, who's who. You know. Yeah. Richie and Tabitha, actually, they do help us with our teens, with our Sunday school. And um, they are with Word team, and they were looking for home church, and we told them about living water. And I believe this, they told me that they're getting their membership here. And they told me that they're supposed to be here 
at the nine. They maybe I'm going to shift it to 11. However, so when Richie and Tabitha are coming, please feel, feel, let them feel welcome because they've been looking for a church for some time. About a year ago, they came to help us. And until now, they did not find a home church in English. So they're good people. Come on back. This passage, it means a lot to me because God used this passage to call me for the mission. Maybe two special passages in the Word of God <clears throat> that, that means so much to me. I could see the Holy Spirit vividly is speaking to my heart. It's one of them in Isaiah chapter 6. It's my second year in engineering. I was reading there, and when I, when I read that verse, it says, Who shall I send, and who shall go for us? And the Holy Spirit's more like, Joseph, if you're not going to go to your people, who's going to go? And at that time, I, 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 was, I was still a young believer. I, I, I was scared, terrified of the ministry, of standing in front of people, of, of, of just being on this. I love to win souls. I love to have a fellowship with the Lord, to pray. But I, I never thought I'll be in the ministry. And for about a whole week, I had that struggle. As I, that verse comes to me day after day, until one day I said, Lord, if you would take an ignorant person as I, and Lord, you will shape me and allow me to serve you, what a privilege it is. Here am I, Lord, send me. I felt peace, and I never, never was sorry once, thank God. So God used Isaiah chapter 6. Went to Bible college, first from Bible college, and God gave me special grace with especially the Dr. Myron Geiler, the president of the college. He does not have a children. He's just like adopted me. I would go with him on, on evangelical, evangelistic trips to Northern Ireland. And uh, we, he will go preach for a week. I'll go preach for a week. And the end of, the, of that week, we'll, we'll meet at the Martyr Church. Dr. Paisley, I don't know if you heard of that name or that place. And we'd spend the last the day together in beautiful celebration with wonderful people in Ireland, in Ulster, Ireland. People that really taught me how to call on God. What a people of prayer, Pastor Mike. When you go to their prayer meeting, it just, you feel like heaven came down. It was beautiful. Dr. Gallagher wants me to be his assistant. I was with him for a half year, but then I was reading here. I was reading this passage. When Paul, he said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And I said to him, but it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be tough. We'll talk about it later. And then he said this, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. And when I read that verse, my heart became so warm to, to go back to my home country, Syria. Now my family are here. I'm a citizenship. Mom and dad, all my siblings live in Allentown. And I'm going back to Syria. And people said, you're crazy. People want to leave the Middle East. But the Holy Spirit said, but people need you in the Middle East. And I thank God. That God led me back to Syria, was there for nine years, probably was one of the best nine years in my life. It was not easy, no, but it was beautiful to see so many precious souls come to the Lord and get saved. So this passage has a special place in my heart. And when I look at this passage and when we're talking about mission, let me tell you, I, I really believe it. I really believe it. The Browns are beautiful missionaries, and we see what they're doing. We're doing mission, and we thank the Lord for you as you support us as a missionary family. But I really believe this. Each one of us have a mission field. In a way, in a way, each one of us is a missionary. Each one of us is an ambassador. For Jesus. You see, this is not home. Our, our citizenship is in heaven. He saved us. He sealed us. 
He wrote our name in the book of life. We belong to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. This is not his kingdom. We belong to heaven. But he left us here on a mission. And Paul, to me, is a great example of a missionary of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love him. I love him because I, I learned so much from him how to serve. And today's the message in the title, The Servant's Heart. If I have time, I'm going to talk about five things we're going to glean from, from Paul. This giant, this great man of God. The man that only him in the whole Bible and all the characters of the Bible would say, be ye a follower of me or be an example of me. That's a big statement, by the way. That's a big statement. No one was able to say that. Now, I don't have it in PowerPoint. I, I, I don't use all the things on, a, on my PowerPoint. Yes. And, and because he said, be a follower of me, I think there's so much for me to learn from him. But remember, he was able to say, be a follower of me because I am a what? A follower of Jesus. Paul, he wanted to resemble Jesus so much in his life that he had such a confidence. I am living the way that Jesus wants me to live. I want you to live like I did. I love that. So, let's look at, at Paul. Uh, the number, number one, and we got in a PowerPoint, the number one in his life as a servant, as he mentioned to the people, to the elders of Ephesus, as they came to him to Miletus, and he wanted to give them the charge. He said, you know, you remember from the first time I came to Asia, how I served the Lord. I love this. I love this. And I could put line under this. Please remember, dearly beloved, service is number one and foremost it's for the Lord so many people they do service for people they do service when people are watching when people are clapping when there is a spotlight yes I will do service but if you have to do service behind the curtain, behind the scenes, that nobody's a clap for you, will you do it? Paul, he said, my service is to my master. Serving the Lord. With the right heart condition. And let's talk about this heart condition. What is that servant heart? that God will be pleased with, that God will use, that God will bless. He said, number one in service. Number one in service. Going to seminary, having PhD, uh, getting old. No, no, it's no, no. Number one in service. He said, remember how I served the Lord with all humility of mine. And I believe this is very important for me, for you, for all, for all of us. The servant heart is the heart that is humble. Serving with humility. Serving with humility. When I was at Bible College, I have a friend of mine that gave me a book, and I still have it in my library until now. So many books, I just got rid of them. Now you could get researchers from different places. But that book, I just, I love it, because, especially in that first page. And that first page says, Satan cannot do anything with a humbled man. I love that statement. And I found myself probably day after day, especially every time I have ministry and every time I have to present, get on my knees and say, Oh God, give me humility. Give me a humble heart. Lord, help me. Help me. Because sometimes 
Our flesh is bruised to talk about ourselves. To have some, some glory, you know. Paul, he said, for me to live is Jesus. That's it. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I. It's He who lives in me. Remember, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Jesus one time introduced to us the greatest person that was ever born among a woman. Uh, without looking, cheating, don't cheat. <laughs> don't look at them. Jesus, Jesus, one day he said, among all those that women, uh, born of a woman, there's someone great. Can, can you help me? Can someone help me? Can someone help me? Who, John the Baptist? John the Baptist. You sure it's not Moses? Not Moses. Moses, he opened the Red Sea. He had miracles. He, no, no, no. How about... You sure not, not like Elijah who brought the, the fire from heaven? Isn't that great? Elijah. Elisha. He raised the dead. I mean, I could go on and on. David, the man of... These people served for years, did so many miracles. Compared to John the Baptist, how, did, how long did he serve? Is it six months? Oh, is it, is, it, is it a year? Maybe not more than a year. How many miracles did John the Baptist do? I don't recall. I know he was a fire preacher. <laughs> he needed the good in preaching. Jesus would come and talk and say about a person who served for about a year that did not hardly do any miracles. He was a good preacher, true. He was a forerunner of Christ, yes. But he said, he is one. He is the greatest of all that was born before him. All. But Lord, help me understand it. Why John the Baptist? You see, John the Baptist, he was a prophet. People came to him. They saw an anointing in his life. They saw that fiery zeal that he had. He talked about uh, uh, prepare for the coming of the Lord. He said, you know, repent. And when people, they came out and they said, oh, wait a second. We've been waiting for a Messiah. Are you the Messiah? Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm not. He would say, about the Messiah. He is the one who comes after me. The, thor the thorns with laces of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Let me tell you, there's a person that's come after me. But let me tell you, he's from the yawn of eternity. He's from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the, and the, and the Word became flesh. It is him, the God, that became flesh. He's coming. When I'm going to see him walking, I am not worthy just to bow down and to tie his laces. He's so great. He's so good. I must increase. But he, Jesus, he must increase. One day, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> But Jesus is going to be here. Keep your eyes on him. Look for him. Follow him. Why was John Baptist great? Because John the Baptist gave all the glory to Jesus. He lifted up. Denied himself that Jesus be seen. That's ministry. Ministry, not people see what you and I have done. But to see what the grace of God, what the love of the cross, what Jesus have done through us. And when he is lifted up in our lives, bless his name. When Jesus is lifted up, 
then man will be drawn, not to you and not to me. You know, Pastor Mike, it breaks my heart to see great men falling. They started good. They preached good. They won souls. And I believe they were focusing on Jesus. But something happened. The pride came in. The flesh came in. The eye came in. Before the Lord, when the, the ego took place, the glory disappeared. And they became on a shelf. They fell. Humility for service, it's important. Number one, serving the Lord with all the humility of mind. Number two, he said, and with many tears. With many tears. Now, Paul, he was, he was, he's a man. And man, let me tell you, it's not wrong to have tears. Jesus, he's the man of man. We see him so many times with tears. But Paul, let me just say that the tears that Paul's talking about, <clears throat> we know that he has been so many times been stoned, in jailed, imprisoned, persecuted. One time they thought he was dead. Would he would be talking about the time that he was persecuted, that he, he just felt so self-pity that nobody is with him now and his charge and it no, no, I don't believe these are tears of self-pity. No. You see, from within the prison, while he was in the prison, he was writing a letter to the to, to the Philippian church, and he said to them, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. But Paul, what kind of joy you have in a prison? Listen, as long as Jesus is with me in a prison, I learned to thank the Lord, to praise the Lord in the middle of the night after he was persecuted and put on him so many uh, uh, latches, him and Selah, the, in the middle of the night, the Bible says, and they were praying and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to get rid of these self-pity tears. We are children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. But we need to have tears. Not in our situations. Because we have been blessed abundantly. Go to a third world country and see how they live. And just come back to learn to thank the Lord. One time when I was in Syria, I went to Sudan for a whole, for a whole week. I thought I had had it tough in Syria. But when I went to Sudan, I thank God for Syria. Man, in Sudan, if they have one meal a day, they thank God they have that one meal. And they had me preach in the morning, at noon, in the afternoon, in the evening. I, I, went, I, got, I, did, I drove in a... And a, and a road that there's no road. I don't know where the road. Just it's desert. Everything desert. Finally, I got to a town. There's people there. About 8 o'clock at night, we got to the town. Everybody gathered there. Singing, clapping, rejoicing. I started preaching about 9. Finished 10. Sat down. They came back. Sing. And then the guy he came to me and said, Listen, brother, can you preach one more message? 10 o'clock at night. Been preaching three days. I mean, three, three, three times that day. Drove about four hours in the desert. I said, I don't have any more energy. What I'm saying, people that had just one meal, staying in a church for two hours, and they want to hear another message. When I was back in Syria, I showed you slide last time I was in here. When I was in Syria this time, I was in churches. We used to have in them 50, 60, 70, 100 people. In these churches now we had 400 people. 400 people. The church I planted in the city of Homs, 600 people were, were, were at that service. 
And to me, I said, Lord, what's going on? Because there was war. People, they realize the only hope they have is Jesus. And they hear about Jesus in the church, so we want to flock to the church. And these are the result of prayers. People come to Christ. People, life changed is when the servants of God, when a church like Living Water Community Church, take these missionaries and say, Lord, would you bless them? Would you use them? Would you save people through them? God puts in our hearts where to go and what to do. Give us that passion. Paul, what do, what do you mean by many tears? He said, these are tears of love. Tears of compassion. Many tears for people that are lost. Now, Jesus is our great example. He approached Jerusalem and saw the city, wept over it, and said, if ye, even you, if you, if, if, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would be your peace. You know, this is, this is a beautiful picture. Jesus is coming. If you remember, people, all of them singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. Everyone is shouting. Everyone is singing. A prophecy being fulfilled. While everybody is singing, do you know what Jesus was doing? Weeping. Weeping. The disciples were seeing the outside. They were seeing the seen things. But Jesus was looking down deep into Jerusalem and to thousands and tens of thousands of people that don't know God, that rejected this a chance of salvation, that if they're not going to be saved, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. And Jesus was weeping for Jerusalem. And this is the tears, this is the tears that Paul is talking about. When I go to a city that I see the heathen, the, the, like Athens, all these heathen gods, my, my heart is full with zealousy. I just want to preach the gospel. Oh, you have, a, you have there an idol. Oh, you have, have there statues. You have a, you have a place uh, uh, for an unknown God. Let me tell you about this unknown God. This unknown God is named Jesus. This unknown God died for you. This unknown God will give you eternal life. And he took advantage of that. Because his heart had a passion for the lost. Sometimes my heart goes apathetic. And I found myself, I need to go back on my knees and say, Lord, oh Lord, don't let my heart grow cold. Please help me. Help me to stay sensitive to the lead of your Holy Spirit. Because there are people all over there need Jesus. When you pray that, God would lead you. God would lead you to these precious people. So in here, we see the compassionate heart. Jesus, when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Sheep lost going into the, the, the slaughter, going into destruction. And Jesus came from glory to seek and to save those that are lost. And by the way, he gave us the lintel. He gave us the mission. As the Father have sent me, I sent you. We are now the feet of Jesus, the hands of Jesus, the message of Jesus. People are not going to hear about Jesus, but by us. What an awesome responsibility. I love Paul. We're talking about him. He said many tears. And we could see it here in his writing to the Romans. When he said this, he said, I say the truth, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great heaviness, continual sorrow, 
great heaviness, continual sorrow, for I could wish that I myself were cursed from Christ. For my brother and my kinsman according to the flesh. What is Paul exactly saying? He's saying, you know, I have a kinsman. I have a brethren. I have these Israelites. My people. Oh, if they just know Jesus. Yes, when I am persecuted, I rejoice. Because I'm count worthy to serve the one who died for me. But when I think about the conditions, the last conditions of my kinsmen, my relatives, my family members, when I think about their last conditions, I have a continual sorrow. Do you feel that way? Thanksgiving is just about to be here. We're going to be connected with so many loved ones. Many of them, maybe they're not saved. Will you be willing even from today to start praying, God, would you prepare their heart? Lord, during this Thanksgiving holiday, Lord, I want to enjoy Thanksgiving by seeing a loved one come to you. What is holidays and Thanksgiving and celebrations? While the loved ones that are with us, one day they'll be cast in the lake fires not to see them. So Paul, he said, you know, I have tears. And the Bible also in Psalms teaches about the importance of tears and gives us a promise for tears. It says, they that sow in tears will reap, shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubt, doubtlessly come again with rejoicing, bringing his Sheaves with him. It's, 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 I love this. It's a beautiful promise. Beautiful promise. The Bible says if you learn, if you learn how to pray, the Bible says the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you learn how to pray, how to get a hold of God, how to say, Lord, I want my loved one to be saved. Lord, no matter what the cost, I want them to be saved. Lord, would you save them? Would you bring them to you, Lord? And there's a, with your passion, with your heart, is tears of, 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 of supplications for the souls of that person. They that sow in tears, the Bible says, they will reap in joy. And I believe it. I believe it. Maybe you're not seeing someone get saved because you never shed a tear for them. Because of our time, I'm going to go to the second. Yesterday, I was not able to get to this point. Serving the Lord, he says, in spite of adversity. He said, serving the Lord with all the humility of mind, many tears, that which befell me by the lying weight of the Jews. You know, every place, every place that Paul went to, there were persecution, there was rejection. But he learned, no matter how tough it is, no matter what the adversity that he faced, Paul put his hand on a plow. He's not going to turn back. He's not. One of his colleagues is named Demas. He was with Paul. There were some challenges. The, 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 the world enticed Demas. At one letter, Paul, he says, Demas sends his greeting to you. But in another letter, I believe while Paul is pinning it down, tears coming down his eyes. As he says, Demas have left me. Because he loved the present world. You see. What happened? There were some challenges, some obstacles, some adversities happened in the life of Demas. We don't know exactly what it is. He just threw the towel and quit. Quit. I don't want to be a quitter. 
I want to be standing faithful, standing ground until the day when Jesus comes. He sees me faithful. He said, occupy until I come. Lord, help me to do so. So in here, we, there is adversity. But we need to continue in our service. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 16, it says, For why door an effective work ha, uh, has opened to me? But there are many adversities. Every time the Lord opened doors, the enemy wants to close the doors. But bless God, greater is he that within us than him that is in the world. We're not scared from the enemy. We know what side we're on. We know who's the victor. We know who overcome the grave. We know who resurrected from the grave. His name is Jesus. And he is now our side. We're not going to allow adversity to stop us. Thirdly, serving the Lord, he said, uh, they're telling me when I go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be in bounds. I'm I'm going to be persecuted. But then he says in verse 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. And here I could see a beautiful point. Paul always served the Lord sacrificially. You see, here's he in Miletus. He's gathered around beautiful believers that love them. Many of them, they were probably, uh, uh, you know, his children by faith, they loved him. He said, Paul, we love you. Why go into Jerusalem? They're going to they're gonna bound you. They're going to persecute you. They, they're going to... Uh, Paul, stay here. It's safe. It's safe. They start crying. And I love this. Paul, he said to them, you know, why are you crying? I am not willing only to be persecuted for Jesus in Jerusalem, but I am willing to give my life for Jesus. None of these things move me. Persecution, imprisonment, stoning, beheaded, None of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Jesus gave his all for me. I am willing to give my all for him. Do you say amen? Can he say that? I know it's not easy. Service needs sacrifice. Without sacrificing, we're not going to see much of fruit. I don't know if I have time for this story yesterday. I could not share it about it. A person, his name, Arnold, uh, I don't, is it there? Probably it's, it's on the slides. His name, Erland, Erland uh, William. Erland William. Probably some of you might remember this story. It was called Air Florida Flight 90. And the date was June 13, 19. 82. That plane took off from what we call now Reagan's airport. But it was icy day. It seems like the wind were not able to make it right. And instead of being elevating, go up, it hit what it was called at that time the 14th Street Bridge. Does anybody remember that story? Just a few of us as old. When that plane hit, it went down in the Potomac River, and it was all ice. 74 people died. They never surfaced. Only six people among the crew, everybody, surfaced. They were alive. They sent a helicopter to rescue the survivors. Arland, he was 45 years of age, husky fellow. Arland, when when they brought down that life savior, he held on to it. But before they pulled it up, he he signed to them, wait. He looked, 
And he saw a woman struggling for her life. So Arlen Shiri went there and he put it around her and they took her to safety. They brought down that lifesaver again. He caught it. At this time he saw an old man struggling for his life. And he took that lifesaver, put it around him, took him to safety. The third time came a teenager struggling for his life. Honor still strong. He put it in that teenager. He went to life. The fourth time, another lady was there. Five times would come down and would take people. The sixth time when this lifesaver came down was only Arnold there. But when it came the sixth time, he reached out and tried to hold her. He was so weak. He would hold and get loose. And hold and get loose and try as much as he can. The third time, could not hold it and just drowned it in the potato. Later on, the news says, because of one man, five, five people were brought to safety. I don't know about this man, if he's a believer or not. But thank God for the love he had for the people that he saw around him. That he saw that he can help take them to safety. This is your job. This is my job. Serving is bringing people to safety even if it costs our life. And Paul said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Now, last point, I'm not going to preach about it because of our time. But serving the Lord purposely, that's what it is. And that means the purpose that Paul had in his service is when he finished the course, all what he wants in life is to see the smile in his master's face. And to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's all. I want to finish the course with joy. I want when Jesus comes, sees me, I'm doing the work that he called me to. I want to see the smile on his face. You know the smile on Jesus' face? It's worth all the things in the world. All your bank account, all your estates, all your hobbies, everything. His smile, worth it all. And I believe Jesus is about to come. I really believe it. We are in the end days. The peace treaties that we've been seeing in the Middle East, that's nothing but the beginning of the end. Because it's going to be just like a dynamo, one a country after another, one country after another, until they all say peace and safety. And the Bible says when they say peace and safety, that they will come suddenly like travail to a woman, that they will not escape. That Jesus would have come at that time and take us home. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's pray. Serving the Lord with all the humility of heart. Serving the Lord compassionately. Serving the Lord in spite of adversity. Serving the Lord sacrificially.
and serving the Lord purposely. Lord, I want to see the smile in your face. I want to hear, welcome home, son. I'm afraid if someone's not been saved, you might hear him say, I never knew you. Depart from me. But you see, today he's calling you. You could meet him. He will write your name in the book of life. He will save you, he promised. All that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If this morning you're not sure of your eternity, all you have to do is just come say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. And if you're a believer, if you've not been serving him as you should, and you want to say, Lord, help me to serve you the few days that I still have in my life. Help me to serve you. If this is your heart desire, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand if you really want to serve the Lord? Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. I see your hands all over. God bless you. Amen. It's wonderful. It's awesome. It's wonderful. But maybe some of us cannot serve him because we don't know him yet. How about meeting him today? Having him as your savior today accepting him in your heart today. Say how? Call on him. Pray. Pray these prayers. Simple prayer from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus. You see, he's here. He's listening. He's waiting for you. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you with all of my heart. Wash me with your blood. I receive you this morning as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. Thank you for saving me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you really prayed with your heart, heaven is rejoicing. Hallelujah. This is new beginning. This is the, the awesome, the most awesome day in your life. Your name has been written in the book of life. If you really prayed this prayer and really meant it, would you just raise your hand and thanking God, thank you, Lord, that you accepted me, that you heard my prayers. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? If you've prayed this prayer with all your heart, just raise your hand up and down. Anybody else? Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we want to thank you because your Holy Spirit seals our salvation. Now we commit the word for the work of the Holy Spirit, the seeds that have been planted, that will bring fruit, that will bring honor and glory to your name. Amen. Please stay for our final song.